0: So welcome, welcome. In the beginning, God created heaven on earth. And then he sent his sanctuary to demonstrate his love of heaven on earth. And then Jesus came to show us a heavenly Father on earth. And then he said, we are the temple, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit to experience heaven on earth. This is about a life of abundance, not deprivation. It's about abundance. And I hope as we are here in the next few days that you will see some great ways to add abundance to your life and to your family menus and to your your church outreach that will help others to uh, experience this abundant life. So today our focus is on fiber, your fabulous friend. Fiber is found in foods like God make, When He made apples and oranges and carrots and squash, it has the fiber in it that helps to release the glucose slowly so we have energy for our body, but especially we have energy for the brain. Why do we want energy for our brain? Why does it matter how we think? It matters everything. It matters on how we get along with each other. It matters how the Holy Spirit communicates to us. And so when we live in a world of fast food and refined food and processed food, we're missing that component, that special component of fiber that has many functions. But one of the major ones that I want to talk about today is just the importance of brain health to feed the brain what it needs. And so when you start your day in the morning, think fiber. How can I get enough fiber in my diet? And so I want to show you what my husband makes for us for breakfast every morning, 364 days out of the year, (laughs) just about. We love it, and every morning when we're eating, we go, this is a dessert. This is so exciting. This is so yummy. So we take three different grains. And um, Deborah, would you bring me those three grains that I have there on the table? We mix three grains, and these are already mixed. And does anyone want to guess what those grains are? There's a barley, oats and how about the other one it's kamut have you ever heard of kamut no. so i'm going to pass these around and you can see if you can guess which one is which but those are whole grains and so the trick is the not before you go to bed you have your crock pot and you see yeah and so, in the crock pot, you would put one cup of mixed grains. So, we buy them separately at Country Life, 25-pound bags of camus, 25-pound bags of oats. It looks like we're feeding horses. And we have these huge uh, bins that have a nice lid that goes on them. So we have one of each, and then we have one called mixed, and that's the one we mix. So with each cup of grains, you will add two and a half cups of water. So if you're putting in two cups of grains, how much water? Five. Okay, you got it. So you put one cup of grains, two and a half cups of water for each cup of grains. And then you have a timer, you know, like the ones that make lights come on and off. Set it for 3 o'clock, come on at 3 in the morning, and by 6 o'clock, breakfast is ready. And you can tell they're quite chewy. It's a chewy grain, isn't it? And then on top of that grain, you put berries, banana, a cut-up fresh apple, and um, walnuts. And if you need a little agave or honey, you put a little of that on, which we don't need. Oh, I don't need. And it is an absolute delightful breakfast. Does anybody do something similar? Anybody do something similar like this for breakfast? Vicki does. She has, she's one of my, what? (laughs) I keep her supplied with her bag of brains. She does not need 75 pounds. Of grain so I wonder who may be willing to try this cereal anybody willing there on the front and you okay would you come up and get this and then hand it um, to the lady right behind you I your hands I saw first and so you'll take that home with you one cup of grains and two and a half now, some people like it a little soupier, and your crock pots or your slow cookers uh, may be different, so, you know, you need to experiment with that. But this is just our very favorite breakfast, high in fiber. You've got go power for hours after eating this great cereal. Okay, Debbie, are you here? Would you come up here, please? And Joanne. Would you take this away. um the the food that is the very highest in fiber, do you know what the food is that's the very highest in fiber. Okay. Beans. How much fiber you can come on over. Here. How much fiber do you need for the whole day? How many grams of fiber? Good? Yeah, thirty to fifty. So if your number was somewhere between thirty and fifty, uh, that is right. <laughs> so, but you slowly increase fiber. What's the average intake of fiber for most Americans? 10.
1: So, you don't want
0: to go from 10 to 50 in one day. Okay. So, you slowly increase. So, you think about where can I, you know, get more fiber? How can I put beans? Every time I'm making a meal, I go, how can I add beans to this dish? You know, and what kind of beans? It's not, am I going to have beans? It's, how do, you know, how am I going to use beans in this meal? So, uh, so, anyway, I'm going to show you a recipe for that in just a minute. But I want you to meet Debbie Norris. Debbie lives in the Petoskey area, and she has invited me to her supper club up there. Uh, when did you get your supper club started?
1: Probably in uh, about seven, almost seven years ago. And what inspired you to do that? Well, um, I had done things like this in the past, but um, I always worked behind the scenes. I'm, you know, I think that what really put me off on doing something was the technology today. And um, I was running the PowerPoint, uh, a PowerPoint, and I was just really frightened of that. And so I didn't want anything to do with it. So I I have to say that I was not inspired to do it at all. And our uh, pastor was supposed to do the class, and he got ill. So um, then uh, a friend of mine, she just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. Her name is Jenny. You can do it. You can do it. And I just felt overwhelmed. I didn't want anything to do with it. But God kept um, moving me forward. And once you get involved, it's almost like an addiction. So I really felt that. um,
0: We're talking about that this afternoon.
1: Addiction's 2 (laughs) o'clock. um health is always the health ministry has always been in my blood and when my husband and I spent a year in the Dominican Republic we were at a self-supporting um institution which one of the things they did was teach uh the natural health to um the natives there so you know that it's always been in my blood and I've always I've done a lot of reading and I know that um it's the right arm of the gospel how many people are in your church um, we probably have about, unfortunately, about 50 active members. I think.
0: 50 active members. How many usually come to your supper club? From our church family? No, how many attendants? Oh, okay. We
1: have anywhere from 15 to 35 guests that are not um, Adventists. So, and that's really quite
0: consistent. Do you have people who are not Christians who come?
1: Oh gosh, yes. We have a whole table of agnostics and atheists. So it's um really exciting. Um and they come week after week after week.
0: She didn't tell me that till after the program, which was interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So what is your passion? What is your why are you doing this? Well, um this is kind of a little bit of a long story, but I think it's important that you um know this because Evangelism has really been important to me, and I I really feel that um, a church without evangelism is really dead. And we had really been um, moving forward. We had a couple of inspiring pastors who really um, believed in evangelism, and then for some reason things unraveled. And I'm not sure how if you've all experienced that, but um, there were probably a good seven years in a row that there was nothing going on my heart was just aching, and um, there was one time where um, I was told that, you know, evangelism wasn't important, doing the type of evangelism, you know, with the flyers and all of that wasn't an important thing, that what was important was preaching a good sermon from the pulpit, that was what was important, and then this pastor would convert people, So I tell you that because after that conversation, I cried and cried and cried because all of our evangelism had been set up. We canceled our speaker and everything. It was just horrible. So um, when I got back, involved back in doing um, the Supper Clubs and I saw people coming out, God truly spoke to my heart and he said, this is the evangelism that you've been looking for. So your supper clubs are an evangelistic outreach because you never know um, who you're going to reach. Now, over the last seven years, we've had people attend our um, evangelistic crusades. Now, we haven't had a baptism yet, but I'm not discouraged because seeds have been planted. And um, the most incredible thing is the stable of agnostics and atheists. They've been coming for like three, maybe four years. And it's so exciting. You know, they'll be there. They're very involved in the discussion. Oh, yes, very much so. And I got a phone call telling me, you know, not to get too churchy um, because they still wanted to attend, but we still haven't changed our methods. Do you hold us in the church? Do I what? Yeah, we have a a fellowship hall, which is just behind um, our church. And so, you know, Adventists, the name Adventist is everywhere. Um, we've had so many exciting experiences. There was a lady who's helped me. She's um, from the Traverse City area. She came up and did a health talk for us um, because she had the credentials from, and you'll have to help me with this, it's the Forks Over Knives. Um, they, they do credentialing anyway for um, health outreach. Anyway, she, was, she told everyone, if the Adventists um, tell you to come, you better come because they have, they have this right. They have it nailed down. So we have, you know, so many people out there that, you know, believe in this message. And if we don't do something about it, they will. So you are doing
0: your part in Petoskey. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Oh, isn't that exciting? (laughs) Exciting. (laughs) So you drive 45 miles to go every month to her supper club. Yes. Yeah, it's very nicely done. When I visited and heard her story, I said, we have got to share that. I know a lot of you would like to do some work in your community, and we hope that you get inspiration while you are here um, during this week. Okay, my last recipe I want to demonstrate is the quick, let's get something made, and you can use this so many ways. You can do it over haystacks, put it over rice or quinoa, have it as a chili soup. So it's all in cans. Now, Joanne's going to show you how to do it the right way, and I'm showing you how to do it the quick way when you are just, uh, you know, you just got to get this together. And I I think that canned beans are fine. We promote canned beans if you you can only eat beans from a can. Uh, Beans, if the only way you're going to eat beans is from a can, then eat them. Uh, Use it. Uh, but uh, Joanne's going to show you some other great ways to to cook beans as well. So I'm starting with uh, the Chili Man Chili. Okay, so this is giving a chili type flavor to in a crock pot, and then I'm going to add a can uh, a can of black beans. Choose one or two other kinds of beans, any kind of beans that you like, and I'm adding some black beans and some pinto beans. But you could use red beans or any other kind. And then I, I like to add some diced tomatoes. And uh, this one happens to be seasoned ones with uh, basil and oregano and so forth. But you don't have to um, <laughs> use the tomatoes if you don't want to. And then if you want just a little bit of hotness, uh, you can add some salsa to it. I did not. I just added just a little bit.
1: about your recipe.
0: OK. People come to my house, I don't know if they're expecting Martha Stewart or what, but this, this is the deal.
1: And, and some people came and had my, my, this meal, and they said, what an amazing cook. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> now you know how I do it. <laughs>
0: Well, I kind of thought everybody knew how to do this. You know how you think everybody knows how to do things, and so when I demonstrated this, so many people have said, "Oh, I just make those Croc-Bot beans." So if you put this on in the morning before you go to church, it's ready when you get home. You know, you've got three or four hours there for it to simmer on low. And uh, by the way, the cereal is is on low. It's for the three hours. Uh, But you know, you can also just put this in a saucepan and heat it up. Let those flavors mix a little bit, and you have something that's uh pretty pretty great and very high in fiber, right? And that's what we're that that's what we're going for. Any questions about these? Uh no, well it depends on how soupy you want it. If you're gonna make it like a chili, leave those in. If you're trying to reduce sodium, rinse them. So it depends on the consistency, and so I just kind of look as I put Depends on you know how much I'm going to make. Like I, when I made the big pot, I thought, oh, it's getting pretty soupy. I better start draining them. So uh, just depends on your consistency. Yes. But you put and first. If you want onions and garlic, and you have the time to do that, then you do your onions and garlic and put. It, but it would probably. be, It depends on how long it's going to be in the crock pot. And yes. You rinse your beans. You can rinse the beans and get rid of about a third of the sodium. If you're trying to reduce your sodium, uh, yes. Oh, that'd be great to add some corn, frozen or canned corn. Yes, you can put anything else in here that you have the time to put in there. Yeah, that goes with chili. Uh, Some veggie burger kind of stuff in there, too. Sometimes you could do something like that. Okay, now we are going to turn over to the expert. Come on, Miss Expert. Miss Joanne. How many of you know Joanne? Yay, Joanne. Uh, Joanne is my inspiration. She is, she just is an amazing woman, first of all, and um, just a delightful person. And she has created so many amazing recipes. Uh, Two cookbooks that you can find in, well, more than that. We're featuring two of the cookbooks here um but she's um got lots of them and you know she's a crock pot queen or a slow cooker queen what do you call it joanne oh crack um, a crack pot crackpot <laughs> okay so please welcome joanne joanne rocker <laughs> are we go up here do you want this in the bucket or sure that? Okay, Joanne is also a coach, and she has been certified through WellCo, WellCoA, Well Coaches, Well Coaches. Okay, and uh, there's uh, some material on her business there in the back, and she helps people reach and maintain their healthy goals. So, if you're struggling, or if you know someone that's struggling. Thank you, Ms Evelyn. Yeah, I have these back there, and I also have a card on here because um, if you want my email address i have uh I have notes because how many of you here do supper clubs or cooking classes, that sort of thing? Okay, so there's several several hands. I do have um, handouts that I can email you, That things that I do that help me when I do a class, tips for recipes or for preparing things, Um, and also a few things that from the coaching classes that, that Evelyn and I did last year at camp meetings that helped to create conversations in the classes. And so today, we're going to be looking at Crock-Pot recipes, and I have have two cookbooks. I don't have more than two cookbooks, just two. (laughs) Okay, so this is uh, the the cookbook that we'll be using today, and probably some of you have this one already. I have uh, revised it um, just a few months ago, and so there's some changes in the recipes, and then the layout of the pictures is, is different. I have a lot of pictures in here of things that you can make in a crock pot. So the, the, um, where I want to start, though, is on your recipes, it says getting to know your slow cooker. And the reason that I have this first page is that I found out when I started doing cooking in a, in a crock pot, I found out that they don't all cook the same. And that's why when you buy a cookbook, you might find where in one one cookbook it says to cook something for four to six hours. And another, another recipe book, it'll say in a crock pot, you cook it for eight to 10 hours. Have you noticed that sort of variation? I figured it out. <laughs> it's because they don't all cook the same. They really, and so, that's why when I decided to work on a on a cookbook, I had to get a whole bunch of pots. and and so I I at one point I think I had about thirty. I, I think I'm down to twenty five now, but I always say that some people buy shoes. <laughs> and uh, anyway, it um what I found was that I I would. And, and what I did was I cooked hunt, literally hundreds of pounds of beans in, in all my different crock pots to compare how long they took in different pots. And I found that I could divide up the crock pot. I say crock pot. That's actually a copyrighted name. That's Rival. Or the generic name is Slow Cooker. But I divided them up to average pots, fast pots, and extra-fast and it doesn't matter the brand. It's just that all, the, the way that I decide is that I cook a pound of beans, and I have those instructions on here. It says here is the test. You cook a pound of Great Northern Navy beans, pinto beans, and then it tells in here how much water to add, about five cups of water, and you cook it on low. They're not soaked. They're just cooked on low with the water. And then you determine, you know, you, you find out how long they take to get soft. And that usually an average pot, and they have it on here, an average pot takes nine to nine and a half hours to cook a pound of beans until they're soft. You want them soft. That helps with um, making beans easier to digest. And some people prefer to rinse their beans, you know, to soak them and rinse off that water, and start with soaked beans, and that's fine. You can do that, but you don't have to. You can just cook them um, without soaking them first. And and uh, this is how long to cook them on low. It takes nine to nine and a half hours with an average pot. It takes eight to eight and a half hours with a fast pot, and an extra fast pot takes six and a half to seven hours. So there's a big difference, isn't there? Yeah. And that's one reason that you know, we might cook something, put something in the pot and be gone all day and and it's burned, even though the recipe says it would take you know a longer period of time. So you um you can see why I needed a lot of pots, right? <laughs> I'll just throw yes I, so in my book, I have a I have charts in here. Um I'll just show you. Well, actually, you've got one chart in here in your on the second page, and this shows you the, the uh if you're cooking them on low and not soaking, and there's all these different kinds of beans and how long they take to cook. And I also have charts on if they're not soaked and cooked on high, if they're soaked and cooked on low, or if they're soaked and cooked on high. And so yes, cooking them uh, after they're soaked will save some time. Yes. Yes. Yep. What? <clears throat> she says the question was, do, you, do I do I ever cook beans on high? And yes, I do. And I actually I have a chart on how to cook them on high, whether they're soaked or not soaked. I was going to say for example, I make our own. But I put my garbanzos in my top pot, cover lots of water, put it on high, go cool we're done. Right? Cool, cool, high. Yes, absolutely. And so that's on this chart, since these are cooked on low, I don't recommend trying to do garbanzos in an average pot on low. It just doesn't seem to cook in the same way with soybeans. But if you're cooking them on high, yes, it will work fine. <laughs> Water, water. Would that make a difference, you're saying? Um, I'm not sure. And and uh you want to be careful with boiling water if your pot is cold, that you could crack your pot. Sir? Sure. Yep, yep, and I put salt. I have not found any difference in the length of time that it takes to cook beans. Whether you put your salt in in the beginning or at the end. Yes? So, going back to the question, I've noticed that a lot of the things on the package say quick so you let that soap and boil it out, water for an hour. So, I think adding hot water to be table the kitchen. Well, I call this the name of my cookbook is Fast Cooking in a Slow Cooker. And what, what really is fast cooking in a slow cooker? If you're if you're running late, like I was this morning, I got here at 7, but I needed to cook a couple things faster, and so I put them in the microwave to get them hot, and then I put them in my crock pot, and that's really fast cooking in a slow cooker. <laughs> so you just got to figure out what's going to work. Were there any other questions? Does it change the nutritional value if you cook them on low or on high? No, I don't think so. I've never heard that it would. But it's important that the beans are cooked soft. You want them, you, want, you don't want chewy beans. You want them nice and soft where they, you know, you know, in your fingers that they can mush, okay? So, you know, and I'm so glad that you asked these questions because to me, in, in my book, I have, um, I can't remember how many. Anyway, there's quite a few recipes in here. Ways to, to do to do different types of breakfasts, ways to do a lot of different entrees, um, how to bake bread, even how to make ice cream. You know, there's a lot of different ideas how to make cookies in your cockpot. <laughs> but if I were to only have one recipe in here that's the most important to me is how to cook beans. So I really appreciate the questions. You look like the I would if you were if you wanted a keen line there, I think I would add it at the towards the end. I haven't tried, it would probably get pretty dissolved, pretty mushy. Um, I uh, let's see. Okay, well I wanna show you so here we have what I served today were black beans. And the reason that I did that is because black beans I haven't watched this with all beans. I, I used to use like a navy bean or a great northern bean or a garbanzo bean because I like those. I like their pretty color. And I put a little bit of turmeric in there and it gives it a beautiful, just a little bit of a yellow shade. But if you're, um, you know, to bring beans to a class, to serve a bunch of them, they get, they get mushy mushy in there, and so I like to keep some shape, and I find that the black beans will keep more of a shape, and so that's why I, and, and they're, you know, they have probably the most fiber of all the beans, and so a lot of people like to do their black beans. That's why I use them today. Now, what I prefer to do is add my seasonings at the end, I did put um, the salt in here to begin with, and I put the oil in here. Oil is optional. It just gives a little more flavor. For a pound of beans, I put a tablespoon of, of olive oil in there. But the seasonings, and this is so simple. That's why it's called simple but simply delicious. There's no chopping up of onions, no any of that. You're just cooking your beans, and then I have seasonings in here, yeast flakes, onion and garlic powder and basil. And you can see my, what I'm doing with my spatula. You can't see inside of there, but usually after you've stirred after your beans have cooked and you stir them, usually there's water that comes to the top that you didn't see before. And so I stir them and then I pull the beans to the side and then then I put my seasonings in because if if I were just to open up the lid, and drop the seasonings in without doing the stirring and pulling it to the side. It would just, you know how onion powder or garlic powder, it clumps together very easily once you get steam or moisture. And so I pull it to the side, and there's always a little pocket of water, and I put my seasonings in, and I stir it in with the water, and then I stir together the whole combination. And that is all there was to those beans course, you can add any of your own seasonings, but that that's it. So are there any questions about that? Did that pretty much make sense? I had onion and garlic powder, yeast flakes, and basil. Uh, um, thank you. It's the on the third page, simple but simply delicious beans. And so, when we, when you look at that recipe, that simple but simply delicious beans, you see that just the kind of, this is the layout of my, of my book, and um, so that you can use any size crock pot that you have. It, it tells you, you can make a smaller recipe, and all the recipes are like that in here, or a larger recipe. It tells you what size crock pots you can use to make those recipes in, it uh, and you'll you'll see on these other pages if you want to cook it on high or on low, how long it will take to cook, and they're they're within about thirty minutes range of of time of how long they each take to cook. To cook. All right, let's look at the. Um, I want the the little pot in there, the macaroni. Yeah. Yep. Just like what Evelyn did, and Evelyn mentioned, Evelyn mentioned about using a timer, a lamp appliance timer, and these are so great. This is what I did, um, like with the beans. I set the beans on, I put, it, I put them, the pots out last night, and then I set the timer for it to come on at midnight. And so the beans cooked, and um, that's a very convenient way to do. Now, if you're a, if yes, yes, yep, thank you for say, for saying that. You, if you have the digital kind or the or the smart pot type thing, you can't do that with the timer. And so that's why I prefer just the the regular dials. And then I make my own pot programmable. And the nice thing is, is that I can make it start and stop whenever I want to. I'm not stuck with what the pot says. Now, this is the macaroni and cheese. And before I do anything more, because I just took this off the heat, is that, uh, and I'll explain the recipe here in a minute, but I, what I want to show you is, I use dry pasta. I don't pre-cook it. And I wait until the sauce in here comes to a light simmer. And so that's what and I use a, a whole wheat pasta. Okay. Now we use um the the whole wheat pasta. You can also use a gluten-free pasta in this macaroni and cheese. Uh you just have, I know that there's more brands out there now that don't dissolve, you know, through cooking process, even on the stove, they used to kind of break apart. Um, so just make sure you use one that you know when you cook it on the stove, it keeps its shape really well too. And then it should work fine in the crock pot. But uh, the whole wheat is what I use um, compared to the, but uh, of course you can use the white pasta or you can combine them. You know, because the the texture is chewier with the whole grain. The uh, concept here, when you're looking at your recipe, let's see, mac and cheese. The idea here is that you're blending up this first table of ingredients. It says blend the following ingredients for one minute until very smooth. This is an important point, and I'll be saying this today and tomorrow, but you want to really blend those things until they're smooth. And if you if your blender is not a high-powered blender, then you might want to blend it for two or three minutes. But you want it smooth, and that way it, it will look the best. And I using I'm using oats and um, in here because Oats can cook in the crock pot and they don't give a curdled look. Some things, like if you were to put cornstarch in your crock pot right from the beginning on a recipe, or if you were to put flour in there as it cooks, it gives a curdled look eventually. It doesn't affect the flavor, but it doesn't, the appearance isn't that great. But oats seem to work really well. And so you can use oat flour or you can blend up your oats in the blender. But this is diluted. Because it's actually it's the cheese sauce, but it's also the water to cook the pasta at the same time. I do have a cheese sauce a couple cheese sauces in in the recipes. Um, just strictly cheese sauce. how to do that in a crock pot. That works out nice. So you're blending up your water oats, yeast flakes, pimento and your seasonings and you put that in your crock pot, And then the second table says how much water to add. And so if you're making a larger recipe, how much water do you add? Yep, five and two-thirds cup of water and then the oil. The reason I put the oil directly in the crock pot rather than in the blender is so that it's much easier to clean a blender if there's no oil in there. And so I, I always try to find ways to keep the oil contained so that cleaning up is faster and easier. Now that you have your sauce in your Crock-Pot, you're going to cook it, and it tells in this table down here if you want to cook it on low or if you want to cook it on high. I do have a, um, on the next page in here, I have a macaroni and cheese that does have the cashews and the oats instead of the oil. She said, if I I don't want to use oil, what can I do? And so I do have a a regular mac and cheese um, without the oil but it's it's actually probably lower in fat using the, the olive oil in this recipe than, than to use the nuts. So you have your, your sauce, and the idea here now is that you're bringing it to a light boil, and in this table down here, it tells you if you're doing a small, I'm asking you now, if you have an average cooker, an average crock pot, and you're doing the smaller recipe, how long will it take to cook the macaroni and cheese? five to five and a half hours. And actually, in this case, that's how long it takes for the the sauce to come to this light simmer around the edges of your pot. It has to come to that light boil, that light simmer, before you put your pasta in. If If it wasn't, you know, if it was still like room temperature, then your pasta would dissolve or, you know, get kind of gummy. And then you stir your pasta in like I just did. And with the macaroni, it takes 40 minutes for it to cook. But if you're using, I've also found that I can use the, um, the shells, the whole grain shells. I think you can use probably any pasta, but I haven't actually compared it until now. Um, and what I do is that I weigh, so if you have a little scale, you weigh the macaroni pasta, the three cups that the recipe calls for, you know what that weight is, and then you can get another kind of pasta out that you want to try, and you come up, come up with the same weight. And so if it's six ounces of macaroni, you want six ounces of another pasta, because it won't be the same amount. That makes sense? Yeah, okay. And the other thing is like with the medium shells, if you look at them, you see that they're a lighter weight. They're not as heavy, dense as as the macaroni, so this is going to take less time, probably 10 or 15 minutes less, and the the piné was really pretty, too. That took the same cooking time as the uh, macaroni. Can you you use pre-cooked pasta? Um, You you might be able to, but you would still have to cook, but I don't know if it would shorten. It might shorten the cooking time. So the starch is another factor there'll be less is there supposed to be less starch in pre-cooked pasta? Another thing that you can do with this kind of recipe that that uh, makes it convenient is that you can make up your sauce you know take your blended ingredients and freeze them and then take it out of the freezer and when you're ready to cook it and put your 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 water and your oil and your frozen sauce put that in the crock pot. Or you can mix up all of these ingredients for several recipes, the dry ingredients. I mean, this is a very convenient recipe. If you want something something fast, you can do several of these at one time, the sauce part, and then cook them later. I was going to mention that I use the, um, you can buy pimento in bulk, but now in grocery stores they also have larger containers. But this is one that I get through Country Life, and it's, and it's nice because I will measure it out. I'll uh, freeze this in half-cup portions. Is anybody not familiar with a, a lamp appliance timer? I mean, do you want me to pass this around? I've got two different kinds. This one I use all the time. Actually, I've got three of these, but it's really dirty, so I'm not going to pass it around. But I'll pass the clean one. All right. The other thing I wanted to mention with with beans, like if you do end up having too much water in the beans, I will uh, I will use some some CDT, you know some textured vegetable protein and uh, like when I take a pot of beans to church I'll just a lot of times I'll put put some of this in a in a little jar maybe a half a cup of it with me and if it looks like towards the when it's getting about time to eat and it looks like there's still too much water in there I'll throw some of this in and then then they look you know absorb that we're going to look at that harvest vegetable soup next. I like the combination of the the carrot and the butternut squash and the sweet potato, it makes a pretty color. And one advantage to this kind of a recipe is that this is cut up in chunks. You know, it's not a lot of tedious cutting. It's it's just little bit each it's good sized chunks, one size chunks. And I brought a I brought a part of a butternut squash to show how um yep, perfect is that what I use when I peel my squash is I just use a a, a regular peeler. And I just peel off that outside layer there. You can see that there's still some green stripes in here. You don't have to get rid of all of that. You don't have to get down to the really orange color. You can just peel off the outside layer, and, and that works perfectly. And um, just to show you, uh, like here's the butternut squash. Here's a sweet potato. So they're pretty good-sized chunks. And a a little quick trick for if you're doing this for, if you're trying to do it a little bit faster, is that you can buy baby carrots and then chop them up so that there's no peeling and, and... but you do want to chop them up because carrots seem to, of all your vegetables, probably take the longest to cook. And so you'll want those to be the smallest. Now, let's see. So in this pot, first of all, that I've, I've cooked together, the, the squash and the potatoes and the carrots and the onion, and, the, and I put the pimento in there. And the seasoning is the yeast flakes, some olive oil, and salt. Now, you can you can put this in the blender, um especially if you just scoop out mostly the vegetables and not much of the water. That's how you would do it in the blender to get it smooth. But if you have a submergible blender, these are are really handy, and like I had um that you know that Let's see how many cups. I had 20 cups of soup, and I did. I blended it up in in a little over a minute, and had it in there all the whole batch, the right consistency. I like to do this too because if you have you used a blender with hot stuff in it, and uh, sometimes it would you know come out of there. So anyway, I meant to. I was going to put my beans in there. I'm not going to take time to do that, but you put your beans in there, and I also have some basil for the seasoning. But it's already All of those vegetables are already smooth. That was all it took. And again, if you want to leave the oil out, you can. Making bread in the crock pot is very cool. Um, You can, I don't think you'll be able to see my picture here, but I'll just show you one. Uh, you can, in the cook, in the crock, George has these books in the back and you can look at these pictures, but probably the easiest way to make bread in the crock pot is, is where you mix it up in your bread machine or by hand, but if you want to do it in your bread machine, and it's about a one pound or a one and a quarter pound loaf, a ball of dough, and you put that, you spray your crock pot with some, uh, um you know a spray nonstick spray and you put your ball of dough in the middle of your crock pot it, it needs to be at least a 5 quart pot a 6 or 7 quart pot is ideal for baking bread but you put that ball of dough in the middle of your pot and then you put a towel over the top of it to pick up moisture as it heats up in there and, you, and then you put your lid on and and then it takes usually takes about 2 hours it rises and bakes and then you've got this really pretty loaf that's round and it's just a lovely loaf of bread. It works great. Yes, on low. Yep. Be sure you put that towel there or paper towels, something to pick, catch the, the drops of moisture from the lid. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I've got uh, the, so she, the first one was asking about do you cook it on low? Yes, you yes you bake the bread on low, and then as far as different recipes, I have a poppy seed and a whole wheat and a flax and a black bread and a rye bread, and also how to make rolls in the crock pot. Because any time you you cook something in a crock pot, it, there's condensation here, and, and then it's going to drip down on the food. So anytime you're baking something in the crock pot. Um, whether it's flaxseed bars or banana bars or bread you want to have a towel there a paper towel and then you and then you put your lid on and uh, and like if you're um, I have I have it where I bake it in a um, like in a, a juice can and so that's another way to do it and so in a juice can you might not be able to you probably won't be able to put your lid on there and so you put that paper towel there and then you put, aluminum foil over it and foil acts as your lid. It's a, you have to put, you can use the juice can in the slow cooker. You just have to put like a little trivet. And it, a trivet can be a canning ring or, you know, just anything to get it off the bottom a little bit for that air to circulate. Your crock pot can work just like an oven. And and it, you know, during the summertime, it uses less heat than an oven. It saves, Electric wise, you save definitely save money. But if you want to totally eliminate the heat and still bake your bread or cook your beans, you can put your crock pot in the garage. And uh, you know, set set a timer or whatever, but that's a, that works too. Anything yes? Bread in a crock pot? Um I'm not sure. Maybe not. I, I don't, I'm just doing it today and tomorrow. And, uh, I'm not sure. i have to think about that one. But thank you for asking. I will show you another kind of bread. Um this is a yeast bread that is very fast. But it's a no-need yeast bread that we're going to have tomorrow. Not done in a crock pot. But it is no-need and it's a yeast bread. So, um I was gonna show you this too. This is nice if you ha have you had your crock pots in the car and you're going somewhere and like, hmm. Does it doesn't that just like my husband I'm always saying, There's a pot, you know, slow down, take that corner easy And and so anyway, this is helpful because then you can put it on both sides of your pot. And to catch yep. Yeah. And and uh as far as the sweet potatoes I use, this is a coconut milk that I used uh to cook the sweet potatoes in. You've got your recipe there. Uh I'm getting a little too chatty. She didn't say that. Vicky <laughs> might have, but she didn't. <laughs> anyway, your there's your honey coconut sweet potatoes on the back there. And uh that was an interesting thing. I found that some sweet potatoes are a little more watery content. You know, sweet potatoes and yams, they vary a little bit. And so it just, that will make a difference in your recipe. I did not blend them. I just mashed them up. Any questions about that recipe? I did use the honey. I didn't use the maple syrup. And I didn't put the almonds in there, but I did use the vanilla. and. I also have a tip sheet here that I'd be happy to send to anybody about when preparing demo items, how I do that to save me time, and sample items that we're putting together, what I do in that respect, too. So I'd be happy to email that to anybody if you email me from that card that I sent you. All right. You know, I think I started to say something and I didn't finish it, or maybe I did. But I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> Doesn't hurt to repeat, right? This is important thing about crockpots. So I told you I have now. I probably have about 25 crockpots, and several of them used to be extra fast. Now they're fast or average pots, and almost all of my pots I cannot cook beans on low anymore. Because I, like I said, I have used them for hundreds of hours, all of my pots over the years, and they do. You know, they're they're twenty, thirty, 40 dollar appliances. They're not going to stay the same forever. And so, if you notice that something isn't cooking as fast as it used to, you know, you just keep that in mind, and you might need to switch to high. Um, you know, you might need to buy a new pot, but it's you can you can at least I I can cook any bean in my pots on high but most of them I can't cook on low anymore. I love just a plain old baked sweet potato, nothing like it. And they do great in the crock pot. I'm telling you, if you cook them on high, they stay a bright orange, they're moist, and it's so easy. You don't even poke them. You just scrub them and put them in there, and off they go. So it was really great to be with you. And tomorrow I'll be using recipes from my Freely Eat cookbook on... uh, was that amazing? Yes. Give her a big hand. Heavenly Father, thank you for this amazing time we've had here today. Help us to remember what we have learned. Help us to take the time to try these recipes and so that we can fill our bodies with this good food so that our bodies and brains will work in an optimal way so that we'll feel good and that we can serve you in a mighty way. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.